final episode of 2019 for N10 is out. It's coming out to you right now. Andrew, um, Thomas, and Joseph are here. It's December 21st. We got our last episode of 2019. It's going to be a good one. We're previewing something that is a very, I think it's a Canadian tradition up here in Canada. So uh, stay tuned for the end of the episode to find out what that is. And stay tuned for our outro song. That could be new. So, uh, boys, what's going on? I know we have minimal kind of news here for the NHL, but I think the main focus of this episode, if you couldn't tell by the title, is the World Junior Championship that is coming up on Boxing Day. But, boys, I'll get your uh, thoughts on a trade that just happened. Someone can mention it. It was a pretty big trade for this uh, team in Arizona. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we start here, is this for sure be our last episode of 2019? Yeah. We're not going to yeah. record next week? Okay. Yeah, I'm too just confirming. to record. I'm too busy. Yeah, no, it's the holidays, you know. Everyone wants to take Well, Joe's easy. leaving for Vegas. Yeah, your yeah. boy's oh, boy going straight to the yeah. strips. Joe, yeah. I might have to, I'm going to give you some money, I think. And, uh, you're going to have to play some, some nice little futures for me. Okay, I think I have to do that for at least five people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there's a bunch of people that want to. <laughs> Everyone's hitting me up right now. Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Cup. That's one. That's one that I'm definitely going to slam. I Anyways. think I want to do that one, too. Yeah, honestly, we'll like, I think they could do it, man. I really do. Well, now another team is in the mix, and they just traded for a superstar. Joe, who yep. did they trade for? Oh, they traded for Mr. Taylor Hall. The Arizona Coyotes did. So the Hall was traded to Arizona on Monday for a, a large package that consisted of Nick Merkley, Kevin Ball, Nate Schoenar, a first in 2020, and a conditional third in 2021 for Taylor Hall and another like lesser prospect i can't recall blake his name spears. right now yeah blake spears okay another prospect so yeah this is like the probably one of the biggest moves in like franchise history for arizona like they i don't think they've ever kind of went out of their way to make an in-season trade of like this magnitude i could be wrong no you're I know they not have, like, wrong i don't think yeah because i know they have like jeremy roenick and keith kachuk played on their team but i don't know if those are free agents or trades as well but Especially in the last like twenty years, there's there's no trade that's been made by like the Phoenix Arizona franchise that's been this big and good for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's but. a huge addition now for Arizona. This trade, though, I feel like giving up all those prospects and a first rounder and a conditional third rounder is kind of a lot, considering Hall will be a free agent at the end of the year this year. Uh, but I, I obviously Arizona's confident that they'll be able to resign him. I would assume if they gave all that shit up for him. Yeah, uh, and I mean Arizona would be a nice place to play too. I think the weather's nice. I mean, not I'm not saying that like the hockey world is great down there, but I mean like yeah, living in Arizona would be great. The weather always nice there. Super dry, but it's summer all the time year round, so that'd be fun. So maybe they will end up re-signing him and he'll want to go back to Arizona. That's the biggest question for the Coyotes right now. If they can get him re-signed, that would be huge because that's a superstar alongside another superstar in Phil Kessel, who is not having the greatest year uh, in his NHL career. But nonetheless, those two together on a line with Christian Dvorak have been pretty good so far. I mean, they've won. I think they won versus the San Jose Sharks, I believe, on Tuesday in his uh, debut. And then they, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but they lost 8-5 to Minnesota on Thursday. But yeah, Taylor Hall's got game. two assists in those two games. So uh, I think this move was very good and very needed for their team. They need a guy like this. Clay Keller isn't getting going, and now he's on the second line. And a good old Tyson Nash of the Arizona Coyotes broadcast thinks that Keller is going to be the biggest benefit of this trade because he'll be matched up against uh, third lines and second lines of other teams when really he's a first-line winger. Some might disagree, some might agree, but I think he's the beneficiary of this trade. And obviously Hall is going to be, I think he's going to be really good for their Coyotes team. I really think yeah. this will be good for Clayton Keller as well because now that he'll be playing on the second line, that means that he'll be matched up against uh, like not as good players as he was before when he was playing on the first line. So I think that could build his confidence and hopefully he'll get going too. That'd be That'd be great if we could see him. In full, in full effect. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see if Hall ends up re-signing Arizona because right now I think they're first in the Pacific. So 
they're doing well this year. They had a tough time scoring goals before getting Hall, so they, that's why they wanted they were in on him, and they ultimately got the deal done. They wanted to add some offense to their pretty sound defensive structured team. But like Thomas said, they lost eight five to the Wild, and something else happened that game, which is pretty significant to say the least. So they add Taylor Hall, but they lose someone else that's really important to that team, and that's Darcy Kemper. That's a tough loss because Kemper has been very, very good this season. I know. On my fantasy team, yeah. the guy's been a beast all year. Now he's he's week to week, so that's probably two to three weeks, I would say, at, at the least. Um, he had some ridiculous stats. Like He had like an under two goals against average. He had like a 930 or 920 save percentage. He's honestly been like in like that Vesna conversation for most of the year. He kind of stole anti Ranta's job to start this yeah. year. And yeah. now that Ranta's going to be thrown back into the mix because Kemper's on the shelf. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm not that very happy that Kemper's yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big injury for their team, especially because he's been playing really, really good. So it's there's a lot of eyes on Arizona right now because of the Hall trade and Kemper's injury. So whether they can maintain that first, first spot in the Pacific Division is up in the up in the air but yeah I think this Coyotes team is there to win and there to make some damage in the playoffs if they can get there that's the thing cuz I we think don't they know could like we'll see I think like they're looking all right right now but we'll see if they make playoffs or not that'd be interesting if they do all right let's just uh hop into our awards section yep for this episode because we're going to explain a lot later about this segment for this specific episode. So, Thomas, why don't you start us off with the hard hat award? Yeah, we're always starting with the hard hat, and my recipient is someone who I'd never think that'd be on this list for the hard hat. It's Noel Achari. Um, if you didn't know his name, like, last week, you're definitely going to know it this week because he scored two hat-tricks in the span of five days. That's incredible. Uh, the one last night versus Dallas was scored in four minutes, which Brilliant. included a shorthanded penalty shot, uh, which gave him the hat-trick. Or like the Florida people and Florida fans down there like to call it the rat trick. Uh, so obviously he had six goals this past week of play. One was shorthanded. Uh, he had also one assist, two game-winning goals, and seven shots on goal. So he got six goals and seven shots on goal. That's a pretty good percentage he has there. He also finished the week with six hits as well. So Noel Achari is getting my hard hat of award winner this week. All right, I like that pick. He had a big game uh, last night. Uh, I'm going to take a goaltender. And his name, his initials are TJ, Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's 3-0 and in the last seven days with seven goals against and 97 saves. Uh, he played three games in those days, by the way. He's 6-1 and in the month of December with three shutouts. And I, I, I think it's safe to say that he solidified his role as the starter there. I know Matt Murray was struggling a little bit this year. And, and Yari's just been – he's been stellar this year. He's on a four-game win streak right now as well. He's just looking very good. I picked him up in fantasy back in mid-November probably, so I'm really happy that he's been playing well. Currently, he has a 1.86 goals against average and a .939 save percentage on the season with an 11-5 and record. So he's been doing super well. I hope he can keep it up. So he's getting my hard hat. Yeah, it's awesome to see him. Like, it's kind of cool to see Pittsburgh so successful with, with all the injuries that they've had this year. And they just keep rolling. And that's a testament to their coach, Mike Sullivan, who sometimes is, I won't say on the hot seat, but sometimes gets criticized for some moves that he makes, like lineups and things like that. But he finds ways to motivate his team all the time. And Jari right now has completely stolen the starting gig from Murray so we'll see how long he can hold on to that for did you but see that for brawl? my did you see yeah, that brawl yeah. yesterday between the penguins and the oilers yep right at the Malkin, end Malkin crashed the net and then uh mike smith wasn't too happy there's a little bit of a yeah, scrum behind mike the net smith. yeah, yeah he, got a love he got a beat up gino yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my hard hat award winner of the week, again, kind of like Thomas, someone who you wouldn't really expect, especially the last couple of years, who's bounced around the league horribly, but <laughs> has finally found a home in Ottawa, it looks like, and it's Anthony Duclair, who this past week, starting from last Saturday, he scored a hat-trick last Saturday, 
So that, and then the other games that he played this week gives him six goals and one assist in the last four games, including two power play goals and two game winning goals. And yes, I think it was yesterday or Thursday, he hit the 20 goal mark already this season. And we're not even 40 games into the year. So Duclair is on fire this year. And unfortunately, someone picked him up a while ago in our mm-hmm. fantasy pool. And he and is a Sens re- fan. Yes, he is a Sens fan, and he is reaping the benefits of Duclair. He's been awesome this year. Um, I think it's because like he's one of the more skilled guys in that forward lineup. But I also want to mention this about, about the Senators. Thomas Shabbat. It's ice time. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so Ottawa played back-to-back. I think it was Florida-Tampa. Yep. So he played, I, I believe, 24 minutes or 20. Yeah, I think 24 minutes versus Florida in a loss. And then the, the next night, <laughs> he played 38 minutes versus Tampa Bay in overtime. That's yeah. ridiculous. Like, And I'm, I'm pretty sure that was during, I'm pretty, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think it was during their dad's trip too. So all the fathers were like traveling with the team. So I'm assuming that the players are a bit of a good time too so it's not like it's not like he would have been like super focused on hockey if you know what I mean like like it was like a fun little roadie yeah oh that's crazy yeah 38 minutes it's the second or I think it was 36 actually it was 36 minutes so anyways he played like basically a full NHL game in two days like full 60 minutes and then he goes out on Thursday and plays 34 minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, this guy, they're going to hurt this guy, man. Like, what the hell are they doing? By the way, little promo. Thomas Shabbat cracked your World Junior. Or top 10 Canadian yeah, World plug. Junior players that just came out today. Yeah, go check that out. Me and Thomas worked on it together. Yeah, Shabbat is definitely on that list, and it yeah. also a big reason because of that ice time again. How about we move on to our plungers? Flush <laughs> that damn toilet. Yeah, this week, um, it's not as bad as other weeks, but I mean, these guys definitely deserve it. One includes a team that definitely deserves it. Multiple players can get it, but uh, the golden plunger for me. Uh, this week is going to Jeff Skinner, good old Jeff Skinner. Uh, yeah, he's had a terrible year. Joseph would know that. He owned him in fantasy, dropped him, and he's even more terrible now, actually. Uh, with his new deal that he signed in the offseason, I'm pretty sure it was like nine mil for like seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he has not lived up to that contract just as yet. He has a couple of years to do that, but right off a year where you make a bang and score 40 goals with Jack Eichel and uh, Sam Reinhardt alongside you, and you put up 11 goals so far this year, that's that's tough. And in the last week, he has no points in five games. Uh, has been dropped by over 500 users on Yahoo Fantasy. He started the year at 95% and is now at 71%. So Jeff Skinner needs to wake up. And this award has done its magic in the past. He will probably score a goal tonight make me look like an idiot. But yeah, Jeff Skinner is getting my golden plunger for this week. Yeah, I can speak to that. He was god-awful for me. For most of the season, and I am definitely in that group of the 500 users that dropped him. I can't really blame you there. All right, my plunger is uh, it's going to a goaltender. I don't know why, but I love goaltenders today. It's going to Ben Bishop of the Dallas Stars. He got lit up by Florida last night, allowing six goals. Shots. Ended up getting pulled. Uh, I think he got pulled, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's 0-3 in his last three games with 11 goals against and a .863 save percentage after facing 80 shots in those three games. Man, he has not been looking too hot this past week, so he's taken my golden plunger. I'm definitely happy Bishop is getting lit up because I faced the person who has him in fantasy this week, so I am not complaining. Um, so mine's going to go to an entire an entire team because they definitely deserve it. I was going to give it to them last week, and then they still are just god-awful recently. And that's the typical and typical Edmonton Oilers who have just entered this season as of two weeks ago. This is the real Oilers squad that everyone was expecting, not the one that was leading the Pacific for a while there at the beginning. 
The Oilers have won three of their last 12 games. And the last time the Oilers won a game where either McDavid or Dreisaitl did not record a point was in November of 2017, which was over two years ago. Without those two players, they are a borderline AHL squad. And I'm not even exaggerating. They somehow have, like, so much money tied up in terrible players that they're crunched against the cap with, like, half their wingers making, like, 700 grand. It's so bad in Edmonton. Knowing me, knowing uh, me, I'm going to put them on this plunger list and they're going to destroy Montreal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's, that is the point. Of, they give them a boost, so yeah, I totally, so yeah. But basically, like I had to put them because I was gonna put them last week, so I had to put them this week because they they're still not winning games, and just they're an overall disaster. Yeah, it's it's really embarrassing when you have the number one in leading point scorers in the league on your team, and you're struggling like this, like they are right now. It's kind of shitty. And I, I still hope – I mean, they're still in a decent position. I think they're, like, third in the Pacific right now, so they're still in a playoff spot. Yeah, they're up there. Man, I hope they make playoffs. <laughs> I really want to see them make the playoffs this year because it's fun I to watch McDavid and I just want to see McDavid in the playoffs, man. Yes, again. I know. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. Yeah, we haven't seen that in two or three years. I think it was three years ago. 2017 playoffs. Yeah. Or two, year, yeah, two years. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Edmonton, you deserve my golden plunger this week. Yeah, like I mentioned with Jeff Skinner, likely that he'll score tonight. Likely that Ben Bishop will somehow get a shutout next game he plays. And likely the Edmonton Oilers will beat the Habs tonight. So, yeah, yeah I wouldn't complain. Gonna... That means that our <laughs> plunger is working, that our awards are working. Yeah, it's <laughs> clogging out something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to our next segment, What You Say. So, Jason Rulo. What You Say. All right. I'll step in. My uh, what you say of the week is Sebastian Aho talking about Patrick Liney's back check and uh, how he made a new discovery with his back check. So uh, listen just now. Game, but uh, yeah, that's what I heard. He uh, he back checks now. So uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah, clearly Sebastian Aho, uh, teammate on the World Junior team in 2016, clearly didn't see uh, Patrick Liney back check too much. So. That's why he uh, made this assumption. Pretty funny quote between two uh, Finnish friends mm-hmm. from the 2016 World Junior Team. It's pretty cool to have. Um, not cool, but like it's funny that like they can say that about each other and like no one gets like pissed. I love that kind of chirping. Yeah, that that is. It's a good kind of humor. Um, I'm gonna give my quote of the week, my what you say quote of the week to Adrian Acorn who was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast earlier this week, I think on their uh, episode that would have been released on Monday. Uh, he told a little story about Keith Yandel. And uh, just just listen to this story. You'd see them, the sweet kids are jumping up and down, and my kid would literally be the one like, like watching the game. He loved, he the, he loved the game. He likes to have fun as much as anybody, but... So we bring him down to the lounge. I remember we used to get their lunches catered. we get like like an Italian thing one day, and they come with that big baguette of bread. One day, Yans walks in, buck naked with a big baguette, just like... In, in his junk area? Yes. And Kyle looks over, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, shit. Yans runs out, and literally the next few years, remember when Keith had the bread on his penis? I don't know about you guys, but that kind of made me chuckle a little bit, so... There, there really wasn't that many funny quotes from, from around the league this week, so that's why I thought I, I should throw that one in here, so... Yeah, that's fair. Chicklets is always funny, man. You're always going to get sound bites from them. Yep. And so for my what you say this week, we're finally, we've been looking forward to this. I know. For the last couple of weeks, I... a team finally did it. And it's the Pittsburgh Penguins Christmas video of the Santa Claus movie. And specifically, Chris Letang. All was quiet at Scott Calvin's house until the unthinkable happened. Hey, you. Woohoo! You killed him. Did not. And he's not Santa. If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. That was the beginning of the video, right? Yeah. When the guy's so. like off the roof. 
Yeah, I haven't actually. Like, <laughs> I haven't head. seen the video yet. I, I, I'm going to watch it right after we finish recording this episode. I will end up watching the whole thing. But. It's so funny, man. Like if all these Penguins players were to be in Hollywood, Hollywood be, would be done in like two days because these guys are <laughs> terrible actors. It's so terrible. funny, man. That's what makes it funny. That's what makes it good. <laughs> like the best it- actor, I think. The most consistent, because I watch all these Pittsburgh Penguins videos, <laughs> the most Malkin? consistent is Sidney Crosby. Oh, I, I thought you were say Malkin. <laughs> no, Malkin's terrible. No, no, oh my god, no. with, his, with his accent? Oh terrible. my god, it's so funny though. Like I love it. I, I know, I love, I love that they could just show personality like that. You need more of that. In, I know, we need more of that. Alright, let's transition to our favorite uh, segment of yeah, our I podcast. I wouldn't say it's my favorite right now. Yeah, not right now. It's not your favorite, but it's Battle of the Buds. Yeah. Uh, like you just mentioned that it's not your favorite, right? Yeah, I went on week. Yeah. <laughs> I have a losing record now on the season. Thomas went two and one at least. So he he did all right. Joe swept the week. Another and Joe just coming out of nowhere again. That's two sweeps back to back. No, not back to back. Or, oh, no, back not, to sorry, back. no. Yeah, not back to back. This season, though. I don't think I've Man. swept this season, eh? No, it's it's hard to do it, honestly. Like yeah, It's also hard, hard to go 0-3, but I managed to do it this week. So. Yeah. And you pick, like, some <laughs> slam dunk games, too. That's, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, the Coyotes versus the Devils. Actually, after that game, that's when um, Hall would have got traded the next day, right? Next two days, yeah. Or two, yeah, yeah two days on, it would have been on Monday, so two days after. Yeah. But yeah, the Capitals against the Blue Jackets, that, like, who would have thought the Blue Jackets were going to be the Caps? Then the yeah. Bruins versus the Kings. The yeah, Bruins have been so shit recently. They could have deserved Terrible. a plunger, man. And <laughs> speaking of the Bruins, again, I say this every week, they're my NHL 82-game challenge team. I have been struggling as well in that challenge. <laughs> I was up about 11 units after the first, like, 12 games of the season I, my record was like maybe 11 and one or something like that like it was really good and the last i'd say three weeks or so about about the last three weeks i managed to lose 10 units so i'm back under a unit up on the season so i've been struggling too and i blame it all on the bruins man they've been doing so shit Anyways, let's yeah. get back on topic here. Back to Battle of the Buds. So, after our our, um, our records last week, that brings me to 15-8 on the season. Thomas, you're 19-14. And, and Joe, leading the pack at 20-13. and 13. I got mm-hmm. some catching up to do here. Yes. I guess I'll start us off with my picks for next week. I'm going to sure. take two games tonight on December 21st. By the time most people hear this, those games will be over, so I hope they would have won by now. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing the Red Wings tonight. I'm taking the Leafs to beat them. I just think oh, that the Leafs are going to smoke them again like they did last And the New York Islanders are playing the Anaheim Ducks. And I don't know why, but I just I really like the the New York Islanders. And I, the Ducks have been okay this year too. I think the Islanders are a better team there, so I'm taking them. And then I'm going to be taking the New York Islanders again on December 23rd, which is Monday. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, well, they're playing the Blue Jackets, and I think the Islanders, like I said, I'm high on them. I really, I'm a big fan of them this year, and I think they're going to take both those games back to back. So that's what I got this week. All right, then moving on to mine. I'm taking the Rangers, who are host to the Ducks tomorrow. Uh, so they're going on a back to back. So the Islanders were to play them first, and then the Rangers tomorrow. Uh, that I'm going blue, that's on December 22nd, sorry. And then the Blues are at the Kings. I'm taking the Blues on December 23rd. And then after the Christmas break, I'm taking the Avalanche, who are host to the Wild on December 27th. So for my picks, I'm going to piggyback off of Thomas's last pick with the Avalanche. The Hawks are visiting them tonight, and I'm taking the Avalanche at home because they're just so damn good. Um, then I have the Caps visiting the Bruins on December 23rd. I have the Caps winning that game because I, I think Washington's the best team in the league right now. And Boston is struggling horribly. And then my last game, just after Christmas, the Leafs visit the New Jersey Devils, and I have the Leafs winning that game. 
That should be an easy win. Leafs against the Devils. But then again, I think they're rolling right now. So I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win tonight. Hopefully with Hutchinson. (laughs) Yeah, they've been a guarantee. (laughs) I think they will. I think they will. I I think they will too. They're rolling, and yeah, their schedule is easy. So. But we've learned. I've learned the hard way on this segment that (laughs) upset upsets always happen. So yes, always possible. Yes, they do. Yep. That's why I always kind of pick like a, a in between game, like Caps and Boston. Like any team can win that game, right? But sometimes just picking them and then I win, like I choose correctly. So just sometimes picking those games is good too. Yep. Well, that concludes. Well, we won't even announce this until the new year. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. We we obviously will know who wins the games because of the document and stuff, and we will tell each other. But mm. the fans. Uh, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> if they our do that, our listeners, our loyal listeners, yeah, we'll know that. Uh, uh, we'll announce this in 2020. So, yeah, that's that's puts an end. But that's put Battle of the Buds to rest for this year. Yep. We'll move on to the spiciest uh, uh, segment that we have. Does Joe have a spicy meatball he's thrown at us today? I definitely do. Um, so this is kind of. Usually my spicy meatballs, which are baked freshly in Nana's kitchen, have something to do with something that we discussed in the episode. So my spicy meatball for this week's episode is if it's, it's kind of similar to last week. So if Edmonton collapses and misses the playoffs again this year, can you see Mr. Connor McDavid demanding for a trade within the next 12 months? <laughs> are you serious? That's what it is? Yes. Okay. Thomas, can you go first? <laughs> he has five first. years left on his deal. Um. Okay. So realistically, I think he should. But in the Ooh. hockey world, with Connor McDavid making his money and he's always in Edmonton, no. I, I'm gonna say no because he's such an important part to that organization. I think he knows he is, and I think that he has given Ken Holland the trust um, to do this. It's not, it doesn't take like doesn't take a season. It's gonna take multiple seasons get this train back on the road and I think with all the prospects they have coming up Broberg and uh, Yamamoto who are still developing and Puliarvi who they haven't signed yet I don't know if he's coming back but they have some good pieces there that can definitely help this team um, win a Stanley Cup in the future because of Connor McDavid and his line mate well not line mate anymore but Leon Dreisaitl I think those two are a two-headed monster like Crosby and Malkin not as good without the cups but they can be as good and you obviously want to see Edmonton in the playoffs. We mentioned this before, man. Like, McDavid and Dreisaitl in the playoffs would be unbelievable to watch with their skill and skill sets. I don't think he'll do that, but I know he's thinking deep, 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 deep down inside his body that he knows he might not win here for a long time. Like, I'm talking like five plus years. So, the right thing to do <laughs> might be asking for a trade, but I don't think Connor McDavid will. Yeah, I'm with Thomas on that one. That's why I'm laughing at it, Joe, because I think McDavid is that kind of guy, I think, that he's a franchise player, and I think as much as the Oilers have been struggling, I think he's, for the most part, I think he's been kind of enjoying his time at Edmonton. We've only seen him really showing signs of frustration this past week. I know the Oilers are going through a bit of a skid. Obviously, we talked about that. You gave them your golden plunger this week, but I, I think... McDavid kind of trusting the process there. Uh, like, I just don't I don't see him being that kind of player that just ask for a trade, especially with the kind of money that he's making there. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. The reason I ask that is because, like, at a certain point, does he obviously wants to win multiple Stanley Cups. He wants to build his legacy. If he feels that the organization is just like an 18-wheeler going off the cliff every year, like wouldn't a player like that get fed up who wants to win so bad? That's the reason why I asked him because he's kind of made from that ilk. He's like a Crosby who always wants to win and be competitive. And he hasn't had any of that basically throughout his career so far. So I don't think he'll ask for a trade within the next year. But if they're like terrible again, next yeah. year then i could really see him saying like get me the hell out of here like you guys are useless yeah it's a tough situation because like everyone compares this situation but steve geiserman never won his cup until 
he was like 30 years old so but oh, like, and Alex Ovechkin too if you look yeah, at him Ovechkin as well so it takes time for teams to get good and I think he understands that but at the same level I think he's like okay like I'm Connor McDavid I am the best player in the league we gotta start winning so uh, with the sporting cast he has I don't think they're gonna be doing that but yeah I don't think he will ask for a trade because I think that's just it's not nuts for him to ask a trade but like it's Connor McDavid like no superstars really ask for a trade in the NHL it's never really happened so what I think he will end up doing, though, if the Oilers do struggle the next, let's say, two years, I think he'll sit down, or what I would do, is sit down with the front office, especially when I'm Connor McDavid, leading the league in points every freaking year. <laughs> I would sit down with the front office and say, listen, we have a shit ton of draft picks right now, which they do. They have all of their draft picks in the next three years, um, except for a seventh rounder in wow. this year's draft which is impressive, and they have an additional pick, the Penguins' 2021 sixth-round pick. So they have a bunch of draft picks right now. I would sit down and say, listen, I'm here right now. I'm in my prime right now. My boy Leon Dreisaitl on the other end of the dressing room is also in his prime right now. We're going to win right now. I want to win. We have all these picks. Let's trade them away. Let's get something going, and let's figure something out. So we could put ourselves in a winning position. That's what I would do if I were Connor McDavid. Very fair points. All right, so yeah, that was my spicy meatball of the week, and I will be back in 2020 with <laughs> even more spiciness <laughs> to these questions. With some more heat. I forgot to post that movie. photo, man. I forgot to post the graphic. It is done in the for... editing process, I believe. Well, there's like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get it up this week. I swear to God, this week it, it'll be up. It's a, it's a okay. good one. I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys like this? The I do. I, I like it. Yeah. The spicy, but, the segment. They, yeah, like the type. I of love questions it. I ask. Yeah, I okay, think it's good. the it's my the my favorite segment right now. To be honest, I think we should do just entire episodes of just yeah hot topics. Or, yeah, oh yeah, we could do awesome, that too. Man. Yeah, there's always. Let's maybe during the all-star break we could do that that'd be yeah, great maybe. that'd be cool yeah well while joe is uh in vegas getting some heat he'll think of some heat to throw at us so stay tuned for that in 2020 uh but we'll move on to something that uh, is a canadian tradition i mentioned it at the top of the episode the world juniors is always glued to the canadians across the, the country uh to watch canada hopefully win gold every every single year Last year was a complete disappointment, and I'm, I believe, I'm not reading this off online, but I believe it was one of the worst uh, Canadian World Junior uh, tournaments that Canada's ever played in because they, I think they finished like 7th or 6th, which is yeah. like terrible, mm-hmm. and plus it was on home soil, so it was even worse. Uh, so yeah, the World Juniors is in Czech Republic this year. It starts on Boxing Day, and we're just going to name a couple of players here uh, from ourselves and our personal knowledge that we really want to watch this whole World Junior uh, tournament. So let's begin with Flager. I know you wrote some players down, so uh, just name them off. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with the possibly one of the best players in the tournament, a Canadian. He's a potential first overall pick in this year's draft, and I'm really excited to see him play, and I'm pretty sure the whole entire hockey world is excited to see him play in this tournament. Alexis Frenier. I know I said that without a French accent. I'm not French at all. Uh, but he, this guy, man, he's just freaking amazing. He is six feet, just over six feet. He weighs over 200 pounds. He's got the size. He's a winger. This guy just tears up the QMJHL. He's playing for uh, Mooski Oceanic right now. Yep. He has 70 points in 32 games this season. Last season, he had 105 points in 61 games played. And then last year in the World Juniors, he only ended up putting up one point in five games played. But like Thomas said, Canada was a disappointment last year. So uh, that he didn't live up to expectation last tournament. But I, I expect him to turn things around. This is a guy that you're definitely going to want to watch in, uh, in this year's World Junior Championship tournament. And I think it will honestly kind of play a little bit of a, a part in uh, if he's going to go first overall in this year's draft or not. 
And then another player that I have on our list here uh, is Dylan Cousins. He is the first player born and raised in a Canadian territory to play in a, a tournament. Uh, I mean, um, a World Junior tournament for Team Canada. So that's kind of neat. Uh, Dylan Cousins, he grew up in Whitehorse, Yukon. I believe he's never seen a polar bear, which is kind of interesting. You think someone that lived in Whitehorse for his entire life and was raised there would, would have seen a polar bear in person in the wild at some point in his lifetime, but he hasn't. Uh, right now he's playing for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. He played 30 games so far this year. He has 46 points, so he's doing all right. He's another guy that he's a taller centerman, uh, and I'm kind of excited to see him play this year as well. Yeah, Should I keep going here? Definitely you guys... some players. No, no, no. I'll jump in. Those are okay. some players. Like I think Canada's forwards are going to be spectacular this year if they're yeah. used correctly, not yeah. like last tournament, which was the same line, played like half the game, and they were terrible and did nothing. Mm-hmm. And I blame that all on coaching. Anyways, if they're used correctly, especially like Lafreniere, like I'm pumped to see this guy play. <laughs> yeah, he he's going to turn given, it around. Yeah, he wasn't given any opportunity last year, and this year he's obviously going to be first line. Another player I want to look at for Canada is Quinton Byfield. So he's projected to be like a top five pick this year, probably number two behind Lafreniere. He is a year younger because Lafreniere has a late 01 birthday Byfield has an 02 birthday. So I think Byfield, he's like six foot three or four. He's tearing up the OHL. He's going to be fun to watch as well. And then two players I kind of want to mention because they, they're both Montreal prospects and I'm hyped to see them play. It's Cole Caulfield on the Americans, who Montreal took with their first round pick, 15th overall. He is like a natural goal scorer, which is something they have not had, like that elite shot. Even though he's five foot seven. He's like a basically like a Debrink at 2.0. Yeah. So if he's if he can be like similar to him with that unreal release, then I would be ecstatic to have him join the team within the next year or two. I know he's already committed to U Wisconsin this year. Probably I would say maybe next year as well. Who knows? And then the second player I kind of want to look out for is actually the defenseman of the tournament last year. He was also on the All-Star team, and that's Alexander Romanov on the Russians. So he currently is playing in the KHL, and he's projected to make the jump to the NHL next season because he's under contract with the KHL. Um, So I'm really excited to see him play as well. Left-handed shot defenseman. I believe he's going to be 19. Yeah, he's 19 this year. So if he won defense of the tournament last year, he should be one of the, again, one of the top defensemen of the tournament this year. And yeah, again, I'll be excited to see him in a Montreal uniform very soon. Could be starting next October. Yeah. Alexander, yeah, Alexander Romanov, he, he had eight points in seven games in this tournament last year, but in the KHL, he doesn't put up a shit ton of points. Like he's a good defense, like a solid defenseman. This year only had four points in 33 games played. And then uh, last season, he had 43 games played with four points. So he's not really a point getter in the KHL. But I know that he is definitely a solid defenseman. Yeah, and then I'll just uh, I'll quickly mention the players I'm really excited to watch this tournament. Uh, I'm pretty sure this guy's going to be the starting goalie for the United States of America. Spencer Knight, the 18-year-old, the Florida draft pick. Uh, everyone was like, why are you taking this goalie? I don't know, I think it was like, what, 14th overall, 13th overall in the 2009 entry draft. Everyone was like, why? And then they ended up signing Sergei Bobrovsky. So I don't think Spencer Knight will be ever seeing that crease for like seven years, the starting crease for Florida. But this guy is amazing. His record, if you can believe it, uh, last year was 15-1 and one in the United States Development Program. 15-1. and one. So he only had one loss. Uh, this guy is a big boy. And I just want to quickly mention, all these guys are younger than us. It's crazy. Like, we're talking yeah, about players that are 18, 17, 16 now. I, like, I remember growing up, watching the World Junior, everyone was, like, way older than me. They were, like, idols to us around this time. And now that they're younger than us, it's pretty cool to see that, too. Yeah, so Spencer Knight is definitely one of the players I really want to watch this tournament for the United States. And Rasmus Sandin, Leafs, pro- Leafs, Leafs pick, uh, Leafs prospect. He played a few games for the Leafs this year. And I'm excited to watch him as well as Adam Bogfist and Tobias Bjornford and 
Philip Roberg of the Swedish Defense uh, Corps. I'm really excited to see all those players play, see how they do. Sweden has developed many, many good defensemen in the National Hockey League. Just to name a few, Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman. So uh, these guys, I'm not saying they're going to be that, but they're definitely ones to watch for Sweden this year. And another goaltender, I'll give some goalie love, Uka Pekka Lukanen. Uh, he was on the All-Star team for Finland last year and of Buffalo draft pick. So hopefully this guy can get it going. Hopefully this guy, he's a big boy as well. I want to see these two goalies play in the World Juniors this year. So looking forward to it. Do we have any predictions on where Canada places or do you want them to place in for this World Juniors, boys? To be honest, I have very high expectations, I think, this year. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think medal. if they win silver, I, like, I think they're going to win silver at least. Like, they're going to make play. I think so too. So I'm guarantee. I want a guaranteed medal. So either first, second, or third. As long as they get a medal, I will be satisfied because I know their goaltending isn't the best this tournament. It's kind of like goalies that are like not like well known or like they're not doing like exceptional compared to like past goalies like Carter Hart a few years ago. But I definitely want to see a medal this year, unlike last year, which was embarrassing. That's another thing too that their goaltending. They don't really have like a true starting goalie. Like, I know that they have, like, three, like, mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Goalie. Yeah. Where do you guys think the weakness, states... Think. Where do you think the states are going to end up this year? I know we have some American listeners. You know what? I mean, they got bronze last year. I think that's another target for them the, to place a medal. These, these two powerhouses of teams always seem to develop these players. And the past few years, the United States have arguably better developing players in Canada so far. Um, but I think, yeah, to get a medal at least in this tournament is for the expectations for the United States. I would agree with that. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they end up with bronze. They could make yeah. the finals too. It would be nice to see. I don't even know if it's possible, though, to see a Canada, USA. See, um, I don't know how it would work because they verse each other in the group stage. They start off the tournament yeah. against each other, actually. So I don't mm-hmm. know how their positionings would work and stuff. But that would be pretty cool, man. We haven't seen that in quite a while, since 2017, I believe, in the finals, yep. where Thomas Shabbat played, like, what? 42 like, minutes. Yeah, that, yeah that, I that, out of 65. Crazy. You know, 2017, that's not even that long ago, actually. To be honest. It feels long. It feels it, long. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And Thomas Shabbat. They lost in the shootout, which is so stupid. Yeah. yeah. Is, why the hell would you decide a tournament finals in a shootout? I agree. That is a topic for. You could talk about that topic for a long time. That is IAHF being stupid as hell. Yep. Another guy that I kind of I'm excited to see. We didn't mention him. I have him in our notes here though. Is a uh, Akil Thomas. <laughs> we, we've been in contact with a little bit. He was supposed to come on in the summer as a guest, but uh, he didn't. He's been busy. He, I know he has his own company, and he's captain of the Niagara Ice Dogs. This is a guy, though, that I think is super underrated. He doesn't really get talked about too much, uh, like in the media at all. Last year, he had 102 points in six games which is in my opinion, I think the OHL is the best junior hockey league in the world. I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not, but over 100 points in 63 games played, not even a full season, that's freaking impressive. Right now he has yeah. 44 points in 27 games played. Uh, I think, I don't know if, I think this is his first World Junior Tournament. Uh, I don't know yes. why he wasn't there last year, to be honest. Oh, their team was really good last year. That is and true. No I guess. Position spot. Yeah. Anyways, this is a guy though that I'm I'm super excited to see. Uh, yeah, he's sure. an LA Kings prospect. Won in the second round. I'm really surprised he never won in the first round. Uh, but yeah, this is another guy that I'm excited to see, and hopefully, he uh, is still down to come on in the future. That'd be <laughs> nice. Yeah. Clearly hasn't come on yet. <laughs> but no, I know we're trying our best. Yeah. Yeah, manager, manager Andrew's trying his best. So. Yeah. <laughs> Producer. <laughs> Producer. Um, I just want a quick, quick, quick thought on, do you like how the Canadian Hockey Leagues still do their leagues while the World Juniors is going on? Because I know it's been getting a bit of heat because Thomas Harley got cut from the Mississauga Steelheads 
and teams like and Cole Perfetti as well for the Saginaw Spirit. Teams like that are even better with those players that could have even made Team Canada, and it could potentially be like teams that jump over the teams that the players have gone to Team Canada from. So do you like how the league is still playing? No, I hate it. I think because there's no other way I, I to think... do it. Well, that's the problem. Why don't you just take a holiday vacation for two weeks or whatever it is? I like, I know, like, I mean, I guess realistically, some of these players wouldn't have been with their teams for three or four weeks, right? Because they'd be at like camp before the tournament, playing in the pregame, uh, right? Pre tournament, right? Like, so. I guess it'd be tough to take a full month off of your schedule would, in the OHL. Yeah. yeah. But and I, plus I just they have the Memorial Cup. I don't know. I, like extend you could extend the season, I guess. I don't know. Like it's tough to say. I just I don't like it doesn't uh doesn't really give all teams a fair chance. And that's that's like obvious, that's for sure. Yeah, I I I don't know. I don't really have like a strong opinion on it. Like, especially like the OHL. Like that league's honestly a joke. You just, you can win games like eleven three like every other night. That's true. But then like for like teams that like are in the Q or the WHL where like it's a little bit more tightly contested games, taking those players. Well, again, this, it it affects the whole CHL like Thomas mentioned, but I it does. It kind of is negative. Like, they should kind of have, like, a two-week break or however long. So, basically, whenever the tournament is, like, it doesn't matter about the, the camp. So, say, like, from Boxing Day to January 5th or 6th or whenever the last day is, that's when the league basically stops and then it starts again, like, the 8th or something like that. Yeah, and it'd be good, too, because then players that aren't playing in the tournament would have a chance to go home. Like, I know that there's a lot of, like, Russians and like Swedes, yeah, foreigners, yeah, 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 like foreign players that come over and play and in even, the CHO, yeah, mm-hmm. and it'd be nice mm-hmm. for them to have that little break midway through the season to go home for Christmas or whatever and celebrate with their families and stuff like that. Right, but I don't think it would ever change just because of scheduling and stuff. No, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Uh, like, I don't really care to be honest. It's, it's junior hockey. Like, is it that big of a deal at the end of the day? No, not, not really. really. All no. these guys are trying to make a career. They're gonna in leave the OHL the the regardless. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Like, it's not like it's. That's not their main goal. Was playing junior hockey and trying to. I mean, obviously, yeah. When you're when you're there in the league, yeah, you're trying to like win a Memorial Cup. Yep. Uh, and make the playoffs and all that shit. But at the end of the day, like their main goal is to make the NHL or. Go right. and play professional hockey anywhere else in the world. So mm-hmm. it's not too big of a deal. It's only junior hockey. For yeah. sure. Um, future predictions. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. We haven't mentioned it in a long time. But Joe actually got something false in the last couple of weeks because the roster freeze just happened. Joe, you could just quickly mention what that was. So in episode nine, I predicted that Montreal make a trade before Christmas. This is when they were like an AHL squad when they <laughs> lost eight straight. But now they're actually won six of eight. And they didn't end up making a trade before the roster freeze on Thursday. So my prediction was false. Yep, that's uh, that's it. That's it for content in uh, 2019 from the N10 Puck Talk Podcast crew. Uh, we'll get your final words for 2019 and what you have to say for 2020. Other than that, content's over. We'll get to the end of the podcast. All right, so last words here. We have some content trickling in just before the holidays. Like we mentioned before, uh, me and Thomas have a top 10 Canadian World Junior Players of the Last Decade article that just came out. We have articles about baseball moves during the winter meetings. Still some some uh, football content and just uh, have a happy holidays to all of our listeners. And enjoy it with your families and stuff. Get drunk if you want. Open some presents, drink that eggnog, and watch the World Juniors, please, because it's very entertaining. Yes, it is. Yes, for sure. Have you ever had eggnog and Coca-Cola before? Yes. Really, you have? Yep. 
pretty good, eh? It tastes like a root beer or a Coca Cola float. Exactly. Good. Yep. Like I don't, I tried it for the first time uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I thought the guy was crazy that was drinking it. And I took a sip of it. I was like, wow, this is a life changer. I'm gonna start drinking this shit. Anyways, off topic there. Um, <laughs> back on topic. Uh, my last words. 2019. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, especially our listeners who have been with us since the beginning. I know we've grown a little bit since then, uh, but I, I know we definitely do have loyal followers. So happy new year and happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, I'm going to be releasing an article with one of our new writers just joined this week by the name of Jake Becker. Uh, we're going to collaborate on a top 10 NHL or not NHL moments, but top 10 hockey moments of the decade. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That'll be out before New Year's, obviously. I'm hoping it'll be out before Christmas Day. Uh-huh. That'd be ideal, uh, but it'll be out soon. So keep an eye out for that. That's all I really have to say. All right, uh, that that does it. 2019. It's been a it's been a good year. We started the podcast in what February uh, Plager last year. I think I think I it was maybe March. February, March, so, somewhere around end of there. Feb- yeah. I think it was end of February, yeah. Something around there, and it's uh, it's grown, it's grown uh, smallly and slowly. But I th- I think this podcast has been better with the addition of Joe Caruso in 2019. So thank you, Joe, for coming, and uh, joining us on End to End. Very much welcome. Love doing End to End, man. Look forward to it every week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's especially a after a long week of work. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, man. Like you but, just talk about hockey. But now I believe, Joe, you're going to school. I know that. And I think, is Flager, you're going to school yep. as well? Yeah, yeah I'm going right. back. It might um, be tough to find time to do the podcast, but we will definitely try and get it out as much as we can in 2020. That's the goal for us. Um, every week, I'd say all the point leaders, the goal leaders, and win, win leaders. I'll do that for the last time in 2019. Connor McDavid leads the league in points with 59. David Pasternak still leading the NHL in goals with 28. And my boy, Frederick Anderson, leaving 2019, leading the league with 18 wins. So, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone who listens to Intend. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to the Breakdown Sports, everyone in there, for all the contribution you've done. Check out the article we released, me and Joe. It's a good one. That's been episode 12 of End to End. December 21st, we recorded it. TV Joe and Flags are out. And Intend will be returning. In 2020. Join us.